The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Smallville Gazette, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Superman and Lois. Please welcome my co-host, Professor X. Hello, Smallville. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 9, which was titled, Loyal Subjects with a K in it, and aired June 8th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Lois, Chrissy, and Clark team up to piece together the significance of Smallville to Morgan Edge. And boy, do they. So this was a big episode. I'm actually really sad. My heart breaks that Millie Wood is not here because there was not just one. There were two gigantic reveals in this episode. I, um, I've, I've finally learned how many episodes uh, Superman and Lois will have for its first season. That number is 15. So we are well over halfway through the season. We just have six episodes left. And uh, good grief. They, they've certainly set things up for for an interesting six episodes uh, to come, I would say, based off of just this, this episode alone. I was, like, really trying to just formulate, like, how we're going to talk about this. Because I was like, okay, should we veer off on, like, this storyline? But then I was like, but it's attached to that storyline, and it's, like, a big reveal. So, you know what? We're just going to go into one of the reveals. Might as well, right, Professor? Might as well. So, remember Emily... Uh, she's uh, Lana and Clark's childhood friend. Well, we get her POV throughout some of the episode, uh, the talk that she has with Edge about, you know, being a better version of herself than she's ever been. We see that she's really taking on and latching on to this program and this this whole thing that Edge is doing. And then we see her go through uh, that contraption that we saw earlier in the season that looks hella painful. And uh, by the end of the episode, we see her get activated. She's all Kryptonian, and she does some nefarious things. Now... When she gets activated, she's in the middle of a, of a talent show, actually watching her own child perform. Lana gets suspicious, and so she sends Kyle to see what's going on, and Kyle follows her. And then there's an altercation at the Kent farm. We have Emily, another subject, and Kyle show up to terrorize and murder-death-kill Lois and uh, Jonathan. but um bum bum and all that kind of stuff. Superman does come in, save the day. I will also say uh, Papa Lane 
uh, ends up helping out as well until he gets knocked unconscious. We will be talking about Papa Lane and everything that he did in a moment. But let's talk about this, Professor. So, what was it? Two episodes ago, we had the whole thing where Edge was like, Oh, you know, Lana, maybe your husband. And she's like, Oh, no, he's busy. Da, da, da. In the previous episode, Kyle finds out, and uh, Leslie sort of paints it in a bit more of a nefarious kind of way. Although maybe Leslie painted in a very realistic way, which is why Kyle um, drank his sorrows in that episode. And in this episode, we find out that he had gone back, and he volunteered to be his best self. We also get a little bit of intel from him that basically correlates with uh, what Lois sort of surmised. Well, I should say Lois and Chrissy sort of surmised. And it's the fact that um, these subjects are being possessed by Kryptonians. Uh, Kyle says that he blacked out, you know, from the moment that he left the talent show to waking up in a field uh, with bruised ribs, uh, he completely blacked out, and uh, and we get this from sort of like a trusted character, someone that we've known at least, you know, for, for the majority of the season. So, Professor, let's talk about this. Kyle being a subject, um, and, and just a little bit of interesting intel that we got because Kyle is a subject, and because we, we saw Emily's POV about being a subject as well. What'd you think of it? Uh, you know, uh, really satisfying. As soon as he showed up at the Kent farm, uh, my immediate thought was, oh, he's he's got powers. He's got to be a baddie. I mean, because realistically, the other two would have flown there. How could he have gotten there as quickly as them? Um, so uh, I wasn't as surprised by that uh, as I might have been. Um, I, I like it. I, I like it when we get, you know, the sort of, you know, the big reveal, the surprise. Uh, and then you realize that it actually explains stuff that we had seen earlier uh, in the season that, you know, we mm-hmm. might have had questions about. So, for example, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, an episode or two ago where, uh, you know, uh, where uh, Kyle, uh, you know, doesn't get the gig and, you know, uh, doesn't show up to to, uh, to play the piano, to, uh, you know, play the guitar uh, for his daughter and everything like that. And the next scene we see he's, you know, throwing out all the alcohol in the house and we assumed he'd been on a vendor and shown up. But it's also possible that this is, uh, you know, a, a function of maybe he instead went to see Edge and started on this uh, treatment. And this is part of, you know, this explains the personality change that he's had. And in fact, even uh, earlier in the episode, uh, when uh, Kyle was dropping Sarah off uh, and she says it's like he's had a, you know, a personality change, you know, right there in plain sight, you know, is that, you know, that reveal that, you know, oh, yeah, suddenly it all makes sense. So I liked it. Um, I, I like the fact that we now have, you know, uh, a character who's, you know, sort of, you know, our, one of our core characters who's going through this because now we get it from her, his point of view. So we're, we're definitely going to get the uh, the perspective on uh, how this works. It also, you know, ratchets up the stakes in terms of, you know, finding a way to, you know, get rid of the Kryptonians and save these people, uh, how they're going to do that, who knows. Uh, but it is interesting that, uh, you know, you, you do have that. So I liked the reveal. Uh, I, you know, as someone who's had to sit through, you know, my niece's talent shows, I often wished, you know, I could have had a, uh, you know, an alien command, you know, get me out of there, but tragically it didn't. But uh, no, really, you know, nicely done. Uh, you know, and stuff happening, you know, off camera that didn't feel like a cheat. It felt like stuff that in a very real sense could have happened and gave us a very satisfying explanation uh, for, you know, what Kyle has been doing over the past couple of episodes and uh, and the big reveal for him uh, here in the episode. 
It's funny because, uh, like, the way that they handled Kyle in this episode, he was, like, off on his own little island. You know, we were so focused on Helen and all the stuff that Helen was saying about, you know, trying to be better, being her best self. It's the same shit Kyle was basically saying, not Kyle himself, but the other characters. So it it was just, the way that they did it, I thought was brilliant. I agree, Professor, when I saw him show up. When he left, I was a little bit suspicious, if I'm being honest. Uh, I was like, is he? And uh, when he showed up, I was like, okay, 100%. Because, you know, why the hell would he really be there? Why would he have followed them that that much? Um, so, yeah, the reveal was fantastic. I loved seeing him go up against uh, or try to murder Lois. Like, it, you know. Not that I want Lois to die, but seeing him do it, it just means that this character has been taken in in such a direction that he himself uh, is is no longer in control of his body. Um, The the fact that we got the little bit of intel that uh, he blacks out, so that means all of the other subjects are blacking out until, uh, I I guess we got a line at some point this episode where we find out that... uh, they they are sort of acclimating to the body, and at some point, they will have full control. They being the Kryptonian souls or whatever will have full control. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting ride for Kyle, for Emily, and anybody else. I do wonder if uh, Kyle survives this season. What do you think, Professor? Uh, I it does ratchet up the tension considerably. My gut feeling is he will. Um, uh, I think they'll find a way to uh, to restore the people of Smallville by the end of the season. Then again, maybe not. Maybe this is going to be a longer term thing. But it feels to me like you know you're you're ratcheting up the uh, uh, the the tension so high here at the middle of the season, and we don't have a lot left to do. But I think if they are setting up a sort of you know reign of the supermen. Uh, you know, uh, having to take down the Kryptonians, you can't just leave that lying around, uh, you know, uh, going into next season. So I think they, I almost think they have to resolve it. And I don't, well, then again, I, I mean, they, they might kill him, but my gut feeling is they won't. I think he's an interesting and good character. And I've said before, I like the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Kyle is not being portrayed as, as, you know, one dimensional. And I've said that about, you know, a lot of the characters that we've seen. Uh, one of the things I like about Superman Lois is, you know, a very mature uh, approach to how they portray the characters. Everyone is nuanced. Everyone has, you know, uh, shadows and light. And, uh, and that's true of Kyle as well. So I think, you know, if we lost him, we'd lose, you know, an important viewpoint character. I do agree with you on that. Uh, I wonder how they're going to bring them back, though. Uh, I, I do wonder, now that we know how many episodes are in the season, if this will wrap up this season. Um, maybe. I mean, we had another major reveal, which we'll be talking about much later on. Um, so maybe? Uh, question mark? I, I don't know. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, certainly, the, the ride is fantastic, so I'm not complaining. They certainly know exactly what they're doing over here on Superman and Lois, um, yes. So, all right, let's veer off in a completely different direction, and let's talk about let's talk about Superman because he gets sick for the first time ever this episode, uh, and it's because thank you for the previously on the synthetic kryptonite that he ingested in the previous episode. Uh, not only does he get sick, and uh, we we see him. Uh, 
clearly uh, struggling at a certain moment and trying to save um, a Mexican bank from being uh, completely like wiped clean, robbed uh, by a cartel. Uh, but so so he struggles. He gets knocked out. He's having sort of breathing issues and that sort of thing. But uh, because it's a it's a bio weapon, he infects Jordan as well. And, and Jordan was going to be helping out uh, Sarah at the review, but he gets sick. He starts to sneeze, and it's like an ice sneeze. So it's all icy, and uh, he can't have. You know, the residents of Smallville seeing that. So he rushes back home. He starts to uh, just get a really bad reaction. And so they, they have to, they being Clark, have to take him to the Fortress of Solitude. And there the AI basically has to um, burn the kryptonite out of him. And we learn that that's something that Clark has had to experience as well. So let's talk about this before we bring General Lane into it, Professor. Talk to me about seeing Superman sick, seeing how this affected um, Jordan and how it affecting Jordan affected Superman. Because we have a moment where Clark is apologizing to his son, you know, blaming himself. And then we have a really mature moment with Jordan, which is kind of a rarity, <laughs> uh, you know, because Jonathan seems to be the most mature one out of two of them. But he's like, no, it's not your fault, you know, just like it wasn't your fault, you know, for being who you are and that sort of thing. I was like, oh, look at that. Uh, what'd you think of that moment? Uh, or, and just this uh, this bit of storyline for the two of them, Professor? Well, well, it's nice that, you know, we are getting the uh, the consequences uh, of the weapon because, you know, when it was used in the last episode, uh, it was said that, you know, it was experimental, it was synthetic kryptonite. And so we just sort of, you know, uh, we go, well, it's synthetic kryptonite, it's nothing to worry about. But, you know, given the experimental nature of it, it's nice that there are these, uh, these lasting uh, effects of it, though, heaven knows, you know. This is the one time you want Superman to be at his uh, at his best, uh, given what happens by the end of the episode. Um, but I think uh, Tyler Hecklin did a nice job of sort of portraying that subtle, you know, of of Superman experiencing, you know, pain, something he has seldom experienced, and certainly has never had trouble breathing or or being sick or anything like that. Sort of just his his curiosity at it, the way he was holding himself, the way he was breathing, and like, what what am I feeling here? Um, and then you know, the reveal of you know the bruises from the uh, the bullets uh, was really nice you know just to, to give you the sense of you know uh you know what he went through to to still save the day um it's it, it's interesting it's it's nice that we get that consequence the whole thing about it being biological and then having the effect on uh, uh on uh, on uh, jordan as well it, it it kind of got them out of town necessarily um i, I don't know it, it was kind of neat to see you know the the manifestation of the uh, the super breath as you know basically you know, sneezing a, a frozen booger into your hand um, was kind of funny. Uh, it, I don't know that the physics holds up to it, that, you know, it's not like he just generates cold. So, you know, I don't know why his room would be that cold. But uh, you know, in terms of, you know, giving him and Jordan that uh, that good moment together, I don't know why, you know, they didn't, you know, blast Clark with lasers and burn any remaining synthetic kryptonite out of him at the same time. But uh, it, it was good. And as you say, it did give them that that moment. You know, we, we've talked about, you know, the relationship between the parents and the kids. 
uh, and how it seems that they're going a route that, you know, Jordan's spending more time with his dad, Jonathan's spending more time with his mom. This gave, you know, Jordan and his dad. And, you know, both of them had, you know, both uh, Lois and Clark had the same sort of reaction that, you know, uh, these situations where they can't protect their kids. And in Clark's case, it hurts even more because it's it's something that, you know, he had no control over literally, but he feels he should. He's Superman, for God's sakes. He saves the world on the reg. Why can't he help his son in this situation? Uh, and so, you know, realizing that this is, you know, something that his son is going through essentially because of who he is rather than anything he's done. You know, that's there's a, there's a guilt to that. And again, I think uh, Tyler Hecklin did a good job of playing that. It, it was a, a very good, uh, touching and strong moment for them. I agree. Yes. Um, so, like, Clark was, was, like, hugging Jordan while he was getting the laser. So I think Clark got some of it, didn't he? I didn't really pay attention to the CGI if it was just aimed at uh, Jordan, but I, I would assume... No, the lasers were just hitting Jordan. Uh, oh, Clark okay. was holding his hand, but I don't think he was... Even if he was hugging him, the lasers were clearly hitting Jordan. Oh, okay. Well, that was interesting, but I guess, you know... Maybe he did afterwards, or we just didn't see it. We'll just imagine. Um, it was a, a nice little moment of bonding for both of them. I, I like that. And, and the fact, as you mentioned, now he has sort of like the, you know, the, um, the cold breath. Uh, so that's an after effect. I, I think that was a neat way to give him his power as opposed to what we saw previously, which is having him sort of suffer through getting his powers. Um, I like the little line that he had with uh, Jonathan. He's like, you know, it's like having, uh, you know, wintergreen uh, gum in your mouth all the time. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I've never really, you know, I don't think anyone's ever asked Superman, what does it feel like to have that uh, cold breath? Um, so that was kind of neat. Um, and I do agree with you that this was clearly a way to get them out of town because we we needed to have uh, the reveal, the at least the first reveal. So let's talk about Papa Lane. So in this episode, uh, you know, he he's he's still pretty much at, towards the start of it, kind of defending the fact that they had to create this technology, you know, just as a just in case, because he has to protect the people of the world. But Lois lets him have it with all the snaps. Uh, she goes off on her father and is basically like. You know, I I understand what you have to do, but, you know, I would have thought that you would have finally chosen to put your family first, and you didn't, and what you did endangered my husband and my child, and I'm not going to let that happen again. You you are not welcome here. I, basically, I never want to see you again, and uh, as if, you know... That, you know, that sort of, like, stab in the heart wasn't enough. Uh, she ends up breaking down to Jonathan, you know, basically because it, it's another week where uh, she hasn't been able to protect her children. And, and she's blaming herself. Jonathan is there for her. And because of that, he goes to his grandfather. And we get a callback to an earlier scene earlier in the season where uh, where his grandfather basically tells him, you know, we're, we're, we're alike and this, that, or the other, and we get each other. And Jonathan, uh, Jordan, sorry, Jordan, Jonathan is like, no, you know, we're not alike because I'm not scared of my family. You're a coward. And so he, he twisted the shiv <laughs> that, that Lois had put into her father. 
And uh, by the end of the episode, uh, he um, he does end up helping out when uh, the um, subjects show up. He throws one of those kryptonite uh, gas things at them, which does um, impair them significantly. Although he does end up getting knocked out. And... Uh, by the end of it, he basically tells Lois, he apologizes and, and is like, um, you know, I'm I'm going to put my family first, I guess, for the first time ever. You know, Smallville and you guys are my top priority until we get this thing uh, situated. Because you know, Lois does end up saying, you know, it looks like that war that uh, Steele was talking about is is starting. So what did you think of the general, Professor? Because it was... It was interesting. As I was watching it, when she kicked him out, I was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe this is going to be the moment where we're going to get Sam Lane, or General Lane, because Sam, I think Sam is her sister. Is he Sam Lane? No, I don't even know. Yes, he's Sam Lane. Yeah, Sam Lane. Okay. General Lane, Sam Lane, he's going to become, you know, an antagonist for the family. He's going to be on the outs and this, that, or the other. But he doesn't leave. Like, he stays there because he's still trying to help the best way he possibly can. And he does end up actually helping because he takes takes, he at least impairs the subjects. So by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, they really are taking the general in a different direction than they have in the past. At least so far, it looks like it, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And and again, it's, it's like I was saying when it comes to Kyle. Uh, there's a level of nuance and I would dare say a maturity in how they're portraying the character that you probably wouldn't get in other Arrowverse shows. You know, because, you know, he's not, you know, the mustachio twirling villain. He's not a straight bad guy. You know, he makes his point that, look, we have to prepare for anything. And, you know, Lois unloads on him. uh, Jonathan unloads on him. But he's right because all of those other supermen are going to be showing up and you'd better have weapons to deal with them. Um, You know, it's it's unfortunate that it was uh, used on Clark. uh, But, you know, that doesn't excuse, you know, uh, a lack of preparedness. You know, he wouldn't be doing his job uh, if he were doing that. Now, that does, you know, lead to the, uh, you know, the the family uh, stuff that, uh, you know, he confessed uh, with Lois about, you know, not being a good father, which is good, you know, uh, character growth and uh, a good development of, you uh, of that relationship. But I like the fact that he did stick around. He didn't, you know, again, sort of like, oh, my, my daughter's told me to go away. There are versions of the Sam Lane character that we've seen. Um, you know, there are versions of these sort of patriarchal my way or the highway characters who would, oh, you talk to me like that young lady. Well, I'm out of here. Squeal of tires and, you know, a uh, cloud of dust behind them. But no, he stuck around to see, as you say, if he could help. There was also a little MacGuffin moment. He said something, you know, there was something, you know, glowing yellow uh, in the, uh, the front of his, uh, his, uh, his vehicle. And, uh, you know, it was something that, you know, uh, he said he hadn't had a chance to mention to Clark cause he wasn't in the mood for it, which, you know, might be some sort of, you know, experimental treatment or something like that, that, uh, that might be a MacGuffin going forward, uh, for, you know, getting rid of the kryptonite or, or bringing him back to uh, full strength or something like that. But, uh, no, I, I like the fact that he stayed. I like the fact that, you know, he was, you know, uh, honestly, if it hadn't been for him, 
uh, Lois and Jonathan would be dead. You know, he was the one who saved the day. He was the one who gassed them. He was the one who took on two Kryptonians and told the other two to to run and save themselves. Uh, you know, throwing himself in front of you know clearly you know uh, much more powerful people than he was uh, in order to save them, even though he's you know just a human being. Uh, so again, getting back to the idea that, that Lois was talking about with Jonathan last episode that you know we are the ordinary people in an extraordinary family. Well, he's one of those ordinary people too, and you know he's contributing any way he can. You know, the fact that he did stay behind, the fact that you know, he is trying to make things right as best he can. Uh, I think it, it speaks to the fact that we are portraying him in a very different way uh, to other versions of the Sam Lane character or even other versions of sort of, you know, the, uh, oh, the um, uh, Thaddeus Ross, you know, from the, the whole comics and stuff like that. Just the, the hard nosed, you know, my way or the highway, uh, you know, military character. This is a much more nuanced character. He's obviously always made mistakes in the past, uh, but he's he's recognizing that and he's trying to get better. And and I'm really enjoying the fact that they're giving him that nuance and uh, and the fact that, you know, it does seem like, you know, despite the hard words between them, uh, that he has been reconciled with his family by the end of it. 100%. Yeah, I'm hella interested in this take on the character, just because it's it's so incredibly nuanced, as you said. And Dylan Walsh has been fantastic as uh, as Sam Lane. Let's talk about Lana. Lana? Oh, Lana. Lana gets a lot to do in this episode. So, she's spying for, um, for Lois and Chrissy. She's copying files on the subjects and everything. Um, at a certain point, um, Edge uh, ends up purchasing ad space, looking for more subjects um, at, at the Smallville Gazette, and that um, that, that infuriates Lois. Uh, she was waiting for Clark to to do something. It's interesting because they've brought this up now twice, where Lois is act is asking Clark to speak to the community, that they will listen to you. And we haven't seen Clark do that just yet. But this is now the second time that Lois has asked that. He, he has been, let's say, just busy doing other stuff, like doing Superman stuff and that sort of thing. So it's not like he hasn't wanted to, but he hasn't had the chance to. So it's interesting that it, it was brought up once again in this episode. And once again, it was brought up because uh, his mother was such a pillar of the community. And she's like, they will listen to you. You know, you are a Kent. Martha was here helping out Smallville way before Edge even existed here. So can you please do that? And he, like, hesitantly agrees, but he isn't able to do it. So Lois decides to take the bull by the horns. She goes down to uh, Edge Corp. And I think it's Edge Enter Corp. And um, she causes a ruckus. She confronts Edge with everything that she knows. He denies, pretty much, uh, but is still menacing and threatening. And basically saying, you know, why would they believe you? A has-been of a reporter working at the local rag, you know, versus someone who's actually making shit happen. And uh, she leaves, and uh, clearly this... Uh, Edge is a smart man. He puts two and two together. We see Lana trying to get some intel from Emily. And Emily's like, oh, I thought you had gone through the whole thing yourself. But, you know, Edge doesn't really like us talking about it. And she's like, come on, you know, we've known each other since whatever it was, since pre-K or whatever. And before 
Emily can say anything. Leslie approaches, shuts things down, and sends uh, Lana to Edge, where Edge is basically like, you know, come on, I know. You've been feeding information to Lois. She denies it. I don't know if he believes her, but uh, he does end up saying something like, you know, I, I know Lois, you know, would have at least tried to get something from you. And then he makes her the offer that he makes all the subjects, you know, would you like to be a better version of yourself? Later on, we learn that she said no. She turned it down. Let's talk about Lana in this episode. Let's talk about also Lois's uh, confrontation with Edge. Professor? Well, Lois's confrontation is, you know, a journalistically what you shouldn't do, um, uh, but b it it does sound pretty batshit insane. You know, this uh, this woman strides into the meeting and uh, and and you know says what she says, and you can just imagine all the people sitting around the table going, um, "Any of those Danish left?" Uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a desperation move, uh, and 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 she realizes she's not going to change. She's just trying to shake the tree and hope that something falls out. Uh, that you know. She can, you know, uh, get Edge to make a mistake, which, you know, she doesn't do. Uh, you know, Edge is, you know, comfortable. He's a couple of steps ahead. And as he says, you know, he is giving these people something tangible. He is improving their lives. And that is, you know, a very easy thing to sell to people. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it just sort of, you know, um, helps to reinforce the power imbalance uh, between Lois. And I think one of the interesting things that they've done in, in Superman and Lois is, you know, by the fact that, you know, Lois doesn't have the bully pulpit of the Daily Planet anymore. You know, she is, as he said, a quote has been, uh, you know, on a, a, you know, a local rag, uh, you know, uh, but she still wants to fight. She still wants to make a difference. And I think it's it's great that she's still doing that, even though she's, you know, realizing, you know, how uh, hard it is against her. And also the fact that, you know, we see her, you know, hard work and reporting and, you know, uh, doing the research, how it does actually pay off in this episode and they're able to figure everything out. So I thought that was uh, that was really, uh, you know, a, a good payoff for her, even if she did act in a slightly insane way. Uh, as for Lana, uh, you know, uh, played very well. You know, she, again, she's you know she's trying to to get the information to uh, to Lois and does and and that does give them the uh, the clues they need to start putting things together and and make the leap that they do make by the end of the episode, uh, which is great. Uh, not surprised that Morgan Edge would have figured out that she either is feeding information to Lois or that Lois would at least would at any rate uh, you know uh, be talking to her because you know uh, Lana actually is there at the Smallville Gazette talking to them in the Smallville Gazette. That's, you know, not a good idea if you're trying to avoid that, unless, you know, you want to claim that I was there doing the ad buy. Um, so it's, it's not surprising that he made that connection. Like you, I'm not sure whether Edge believed her or not, but I think ultimately he doesn't care. Um, I don't think he really regards uh, Lois as a real threat to him at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I so, agree with that. Um, yeah. So uh, and, and again, that might be his undoing because she has put things together uh, in a way that, uh, you know, uh, that maybe he wouldn't anticipate. Although I'm still bothered by the fact that, you know, again, I, I don't recall it actually happening on camera. Anyone explain to us how we know that these are souls of Kryptonians. Um, you know, it just seems that someone has made a, an incredibly intuitive leap somewhere that turned out to be right. But uh, I don't recall ever seeing it on camera that, uh, that explains how they know this is what's happening. All we got was that one line, you're not alone anymore, Kal-El, uh, which in no way, you know, 
uh, explains that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still a bit bugged by that, but I do like the fact that, you know, they were able to put all the pieces together. I think, you know, uh, Lana is doing what she can. I was a little worried because, you know, once Lana came out of her meeting with edge, you would have thought after she said, no, I don't want to do it. He'd fire her, but she came out of it. And I think, you know, she was sort of playing it. Uh, you know, it was kind of cleverly done the way they, they did it, that she was sort of playing it with the whole, you know, uh, drinking the Kool-Aid vibe that you got from the other people who'd been part of the uh, the Edge group. So, you know, in addition to the uh, the Kryptonian treatment, he is obviously giving them some sort of, you know, junior executive training about, you know, getting their lives in, in order and, and, and improving themselves in some way. So it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, that she sort of came out of it with that, but, you know, presumably not the Kryptonian stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Don't hurt Lana. She has been fantastic so far. Good grief. Um, this episode introduces us to a new trio in Smallville, which makes sense. But I'm, I'm actually surprised that it took this long to, to, to happen. But I guess, you know, there was the excuse that Clark was busy uh, with the football team. But now that he isn't, uh, he has joined the Smallville Gazette. At least, you know, he's joining the investigation into Edge with Chrissy and, and, and Lois. It was great to see Chrissy again in a, in a greater um, uh, appearance than she has uh, in previous episodes. Uh, uh, Professor, was it surprising to you or did it just make sense, uh, Clark joining uh, the Gazette? Well, he's not joining the Gazette. They can't afford to pay another reporter, well, uh, but he's helping out because, as Lois says, you know, he's 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 a good reporter. You know, the idea that being an assistant coach on the high school football team was taking up so much of his time that he couldn't help before is a little crazy. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think it's it's important to include that to remind just that, you know, you know, Clark was a good reporter and, you know, uh, is, you know, that extra set of eyes that someone uh, who can help out and everything like that. And, you know, sort of involving him in the process. Uh, and yes, yeah, as you say, creating a little, you know, triumvirate or a trio uh, there is good. So I think it was definitely, you know, important. It wouldn't have made any sense for her to just be going off and doing this with Chrissy uh, while Clark was, you know, preparing the tractor or whatever it is that Clark has to do at the farm. Um, you know, when you've got someone who is a, a fully qualified, you know, good reporter on his own. Mm-hmm. 100%. So by the end of the episode, uh, our trio, um, they have a, a murder board at the Gazette, and they have put a, an, an important, um, they've, they've made an important discovery. And that's the fact that they've put two and two together that the only subjects that have survived, that continue to thrive, are subjects from Smallville. We learned that Leslie Lar is not Leslie Lar. She has another name, and she's an original Smallville resident. The other subjects that have died, they've been from Metropolis and other cities. They're not from Smallville. So apparently it isn't that Edge needs Smallville per se. Edge needs the people. Because we also learned that there were um, there were sort of meteor showers, uh, you know, throughout the world uh, for about a week uh, after Clark landed on Earth. Uh, that was sort of like the last remnants of Krypton. And that's how Kryptonite and ex-Kryptonite and maybe other Kryptonite variants uh, deposited themselves into uh, Earth, and. Uh, and it's because the Smallvilleites have been 
uh, around this ex-kryptonite uh, for as long as they have, that that's why they have been able to um, to become powered people and, I guess, possessed by these kryptonite souls. Uh, so that was a major revelation. I didn't really consider that as, as sort of like a major revelation. So I guess that we did get three revelations, even though this one's minor compared to the other two. Uh, what'd you think of that reveal, Professor? Uh, it, it, you know, it's uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't think I considered it a, a big reveal, but it was you know, you know, a, a a class two reveal, if you will. But no, I think it, it makes a lot of sense that people who had grown up in the environment of the sex kryptonite constantly being, you know, exposed to it, it had in some way conditioned them that they could um, uh, deal with that. So like maybe, you know, the the treatment to get rid of the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, the alien psyches has something to do with, you know, attacking the, uh, the ex kryptonite or, you know, the radiation. Um, I don't know, but I do like the fact that there is some justification. It's not just that it is the ex kryptonite that's here, it's that it has changed the people themselves, uh, which is, you know, kind of an interesting uh, element there. And, you know, again, if, if, if Clark is looking for reasons to feel guilty, it's, you know, all the people in this, in his hometown uh, have been put at risk simply because of, you know, where he came from. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. So we're going to talk about the big reveal. In a moment. Uh, the only thing that we haven't talked about, I feel, is uh, Sarah. Um, she got to sing again. It was like 30 seconds of a song and she got a standing ovation, which, you know, I, I guess that's how they do it in Smallville. Um, a beautiful singing voice, though. I don't know if you had a comment about that, Professor. It just made me laugh that she sang like literally 30 seconds of the song and everyone cheered. Well, presumably she sang the whole song and we only got 30 seconds of it on the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, save your, your standing ovations for later in the show. But again, as someone who has been to my niece's talent shows, if we'd seen performance on that level, I probably would have stood up and cheered as well. <laughs> Slight shade to your niece, maybe, but that was fantastic. I think anyone who has attended, you know, high school talent shows and stuff like that, or or more high school Christmas pageants and stuff like that, uh, there might be a subtle little uh, joke in that to to any parents or uh, uncles and aunts who've had to go through that. Of oh boy, ain't that the truth? So now it's time for the big reveal. Okay, so uh, okay, back during the. Um, the 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 incident at the Kemp farm, we did see that one of the subjects took Lois's um, I don't know what you call that the beacon I guess we could call it that the thing that she uses to summon Superman and uh, at, at the moment you know I thought okay she's just removing it so she doesn't call Superman this or the other there was an actual important reason for that and that's because edge ends up taking it he ends up summoning superman i i don't know uh in the sahara or something i don't know where that was the grand canyon i don't know uh, somewhere very far away and uh they get into a talk and it is revealed that edge is a Kryptonian? Question mark. Is possessed by a Kryptonian? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, yes, basically, Edge is like you know, I'm one of you, brother. The internet went crazy taking brother literally. I don't know if I'm taking brother literally just yet. It might just be, hey, my Kryptonian brother. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily take that they are um, actual blood relatives. Um, but it was a reveal. He's in a black suit with his own little emblem on it. Uh, he can fly. Um, yes, this was basically Edge uh, trying to lure Superman over to the dark side, apparently. Uh, what did you think of this, Professor? Um, we do have to remember, we have we did see a flashback to Edge, which I didn't really, we, we didn't discuss it, like, when it happened. I, when was this? Maybe episode two or three. It was a tiny flashback to uh, the night that Superman um, arrived on Earth. We saw Edge in, like, military fatigues, and he's driving in like a jeep or something, and we see the um, the meteor sort of like landing around him. We didn't have any context to that, but maybe now we do. Uh, maybe he was hit by something, and that's why a Kryptonian inhabited him. Because he does give a line like, I've been here as long as you've been here. So Edge, as Kryptonian adjacent, I guess. Did that blow your mind, Professor? Because it blew mine. I was like, what? Well, it was a great reveal, but as I've said before, I like it when you get a reveal that makes other things that have happened earlier. You see them in a new light, and you realize that, oh, suddenly it makes sense now because you've, you've changed your perspective. So one of the things that I've been talking about for some time is, you know, uh, Morgan's, uh, you know, uh, relationship with uh, Leslie Lahr, uh, you know, because she's a superpowered being. She's a Kryptonian. You know, she has all these powers, and he's treating her like she's nothing. And I'm thinking, I've said several times, dude, work on your personal skills because she's going to, you know, blast you. Well, it turns out, no, she's not because he's also a Kryptonian. So it makes perfect sense. Uh, his, his, and again, also his arrogance and his confidence. If you had all the power of Superman and no one knew you had that power, imagine how confident you would be because nothing could hurt you quite literally, except of course, kryptonite. Um, so, uh, you know, a great reveal, uh, you know, um, I, like you, I don't take brother literally. Um, I think it's much more that, you know, we are fellow Kryptonians on another planet. So, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. Uh, there's a lot more questions that have to come. I mean, obviously, there's the question of, you know, um, how has he been around as long? Presumably, it was some sort of fluky thing that happened, you know, with the ex-Kryptonite uh, and the crashing of the ship or something like that, that, that you know, uh, allowed him to, to do that. And, and now, that, you know, it's taken him this long to get to the point where he can, you know, bring other Kryptonians back. Where are those other Kryptonians coming from? Is it something that, you know, maybe there was some sort of, you know, record uh, that was placed on Superman's ship? Or is it these are all, you know, spirits of people who were banished to the Phantom Zone? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, you know, certainly, you know, the way we've been seeing them, most of them have seemed to be the sort of people you would banish to the Phantom Zone, um, as opposed to, you know, the artists and poets of Krypton. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting. It certainly, you know, makes me, you know, desperately want to find out his backstory uh, next episode. Uh, it. it also, it, it, you know, a question we've asked about since the uh, the first episode or that you raised since the first episode is where the hell is Supergirl? Um, one thing I, I did read when I was talking about it is that, you know, Superman and Lois was supposed to come on as the replacement for Supergirl. It wasn't supposed to be airing concurrently with Supergirl. Um, so my feeling is that at the end of Supergirl, Supergirl is going to be gone. She's not going to be on Earth anymore. Um 
Uh, and that would explain it. Uh, although, given, you know, the uh, the stuff that has been established through Supergirl, you know, you've got Lena Luthor who has developed, you know, her way of making the synthetic kryptonite. Uh, there's all that stuff that has gone on in there. And, you know, it is canon that Supergirl was talking to Superman. And so he should know about these things. Uh, the DEO is still the DEO. It, it still exists. And there is, by the way, there's that whole city floating around filled with Kryptonians. Uh, could you maybe put a call into them and ask them to come back and help you out with this? It's an interesting question. Remember, the DEO was, uh, it turned to rubble. Um, so I don't think the DEO came back after uh, Ramakan destroyed it. And then... well, that, that would that would just have been, you know, one headquarters. Oh, DEO. true. That's not the entire DEO. I think they they actually specifically referenced it, uh, the DEO. I know they referenced it on, on one of the shows. I think it was this one. Uh, where it was uh, taking something to the DEO. Oh, it was Legends. Uh, for, Legends. Yeah, it was on Legends. So yeah, the DEO still exists. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Interesting. Um, yeah, I do wonder... Uh, I, yeah, the whole Supergirl thing is has been interesting. And, and I get some of it. It's COVID, and uh, they, they aren't able to have crossovers like they would have liked, and that sort of thing. Um yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens at the end of Supergirl. Uh, maybe she goes to the future. As I have said before. Potentially. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, the reveal was fantastic. I, I do agree with you. Uh, I mean, it it would make sense, like as he said, you know, do you think I would not give myself powers? Um, I do wonder, though, how he got them. I think that scene that we saw many, many episodes ago of him witnessing a meteor shower is sort of like what happened. Uh, maybe he got hit by it or, or something. Um, so he's clearly a human that has taken on these powers. Who he is will be interesting. Uh, I wonder if his name will be someone from the comics and it'll be someone, you know, comic accurate. Um, so it'll be kind of weird to have an edge um, you know, whomever hybrid type of character, but uh, you know, they've been writing him in incredibly well. So I'm here for it. I was um, waiting for the Zod reference, quite frankly, but it didn't come. Okay. Yes. Neil, um, Superman. The one thing that I do wonder, and I don't know if I like this, uh, it, it'll, it, yeah, it, it this, the, if they do this, I feel like the storyline will come to a head much sooner rather than later. So I don't think they will drag it out to next season. But I wonder if the Kryptonians will sense that Clark is a Kryptonian. Like once the whole, you know, process takes over, like Emily, per se, and she sees Clark again, will she sense he's a Kryptonian? So then will Edge find out that Clark is Superman and I feel like that has to happen like can't you sense your fellow Kryptonians I don't know I'm, I'm not Kryptonian so I can't tell um, but I do wonder if that's something that will come up in the show because I feel like if these characters start discovering that Clark these Kryptonians are going to start discovering that Clark is Superman then this storyline is going to have to end by the end of the season whereas if they don't then they can drag this out a little bit um, what do you think Professor do you think this is something a storyline that will be wrapped up this season or do you think it's something that will bleed into the next one 
Uh, I think it'll be wrapped up the season. I don't think they do. I don't think they can sense each other. They're not like Time Lords, which I realize you wouldn't understand because you don't never watch Doctor Who. I know. Closer. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't think. And, and in fact, there have been a couple of references where, you know, uh, Leslie Lahr was like using her super hearing to listen in and stuff like that. And, you know, she'd be listening in on Superman. But then, you know, when, you know, he, he went away to to be Clark, she just stopped listening because she just assumed like everyone else. that No, that's just, you know, Lois Lane's husband. He doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they can. I don't think they uh, they sense that. And, and you know, apparently the. Uh, uh, the the glasses works even on uh, uh, even on Kryptonians. I know, right? Surprising, shocking. Um, I do like your theory about the Phantom Zone. That would be a neat way to bring that in to the lore of Superman and Lois. If we are kind of ignoring the Supergirl lore, at least for the moment, um, yeah, that would be kind of neat, and it would make sense that he would be channeling. Maybe his fellow baddies from the Phantom Zone uh, into uh, these uh, human subjects, and uh, we're assuming that his plan is to uh, turn Earth into new Krypton or something with all of these uh, Kryptonians. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Professor, was there anything that I missed? A teeny tiny little moment or anything that you would like to discuss before we uh, head into the MVP? Uh, I like the fact that Jonathan managed to swipe some of uh, John Iron's uh, guns and hide them away. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that scene he had when Jordan came back, you know, and you know, wouldn't want to come back and find I was a, uh, an only child. Uh, and do you think she'll let us uh, let you keep them? And, uh, and Jonathan basically was saying, well, they, they saved the day. So, um, you know, so and, you know, perhaps, you know, sharing that tech with the, uh, the general wouldn't be a bad idea either because they did seem to work pretty well on the Kryptonians. Yes, I agree with you on that. That was an awesome moment for Jonathan. You know, it gave him the sense of accomplishment that he actually did something. He was able to defend himself because uh, he was feeling uh, a bit helpless in the previous episode. And also, shout out to you because uh, you said that Irons would be coming back sooner rather than later. I said it would be later rather than sooner. But, yeah, I think you're right. He, he better come back quickly. Yeah, they're going to need him big time because he seems to be the one that knows everything. So, uh, you know, he experienced his world being taken over by these Kryptonians. It would make the most sense to hit him up to see what ideas he might have uh, to, to stop this new invasion. So... Now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Professor, your MVP. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, with uh, Tyler Hecklin. I, I, as I said, I like the subtlety that he brought to it. I loved his, uh, his scene with, uh, with Jordan. And, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's really good, you know, sort of portraying, you know, the, uh, the, the more human side, uh, of Superman and, and even his surprise when he, you know, goes flying at Morgan edge at the end and, and edge just turns aside and, and swats him aside. Um, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's been weakened, uh, and he's worried about his family and it's, uh, it's really interesting. I'm wondering if, you know, in some way Jordan is going to be the wild card to get them out of this, but uh, I really liked how Tyler Hecklin played this episode. It's a very good choice. I think that's probably the best choice, like the right choice for this episode. Um, I'm going to give it to Lana 
just because I'm really enjoying what they're doing with the character. I, I loved her throughout this episode in particular, though, because I, I really love seeing her be in, like, deep cover and uh, doing all of uh, the investigative work that um, Lois needs, you know, doing her best not to get caught, making all those copies. And then when she did get caught, it looked like maybe she either convinced Edge, or as you said, he doesn't really care because he doesn't see Lois as a threat. Um, but she did, I think, thought she did a good job covering her ass. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm really enjoying this storyline for her. Uh, I mean, clearly. Uh, at the end, when um, she uh, she found out uh, about um, about Kyle, like that that's gonna be lead into a very interesting storyline for her. Uh, so I'm I'm here for it. I'm loving what they're doing with Lana on this series. Now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 red capes? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Fortress of Solitude. Professor? Well, because Millie isn't here and I don't have to deal with her millennial side eye, uh, I will give it, I will archive it. Uh, this, you know, the reveals in it were so, so good. Uh, they totally took me back. They have me absolutely dying to see uh, what happens next episode. Uh, and, uh, and as I said, I like it when a reveal makes things that have happened uh, make more sense because it shows that the writers have been thinking long term in terms of, you know, planting little seeds uh, that will pay off later. And I think that all of our reveals uh, in this episode uh, really did that. So I'm going to archive this one. And I will co-sign. I will archive it in the Fortress of Solitude as well. Interestingly enough, this was episode 9, and usually episode 9 on the CW is the mid-season finale. And this really did feel like a mid-season finale. Like, I could have seen them ending with this episode, and then we would have had, you know, a, you know maybe a month or two break, sort of wondering what the hell is going to happen next. I'm glad we do not have to wait. Uh, this was a stellar episode. So many reveals. So good. Very rewatchable. Very suspenseful, in a way, as well. Uh, yeah, kudos to the cast and the writers and um, the cinematography. It was just a beautifully done episode. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Smallville Gazette. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Smallville Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, Smallville. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Smallville Gazette every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papichula Radio Archives. Good night.